Good evening, everybody. Time for another BrickBooks live chat. And we're here with one of the most exciting guests I've been wanting to talk to in a while. He's a very thoughtful, very knowledgeable person who contributes to our uh, Facebook group. I, so if you're not on the Facebook group, you're missing out. Uh, Caleb, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So listen, as, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, which wasn't too long ago before we went live, whenever I found out that, that Shane asked you to uh, join us tonight, uh, I was doing jumping jacks. Whenever I see you uh, post something on the Facebook group, like I make sure I read everything that you're saying. And something that I enjoy, and, and I think you do this maybe once every four weeks or, or once every six weeks, <laughs> is there will be you know two young up-and-coming resellers that will start chatting on, on the facebook group and, and then and it's it's like a vietnam war movie where these two people come off boot camp and, and they're just talking about what's going to happen and then they cut to some, some old-timer nick nolte dude who flicks a cigarette butt and he's like well kids let me tell you it's not that easy and it's not the way you think it is. And then you, you go over a very helpful, lengthy explanation as to why. And so I always enjoy whenever you post something. I think it's it's not just a treat for me. It's a treat for the whole Facebook group. So I was hoping uh, maybe you could, you know, just give a little bit about your background and how long you've been doing Lego and, and some of the successes that you've had. Well, I'm about 16 years into it. Um you know, necessity started it like most picking and selling other things amongst, you know, flea markets, garage sales, whatnot, long time ago. Um, I was working two jobs, trying to, you know, two new kids struggling. I'm in California. Um, you know, eBay was pretty much, that was it, it's, you know? And, uh, I mean, that's how it started. And, and you, know, you, you try to focus on something you know, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you put out it, then uh, you stick with it. And I mean, like I said, at the time, it was pretty much just eBay and Craigslist. Um, so that's pretty much, yeah, about 16 years ago, um, I was working two, two day job or a day job and a swing shift. Um, and then picking around vintage toys, collectibles and, you know, Lego came into play, just little here and there. Um, of course, it evolved. And then basically, I wanted to get out of my corporate job. I mean, that's it. I wanted out. And I, I, I basically came up with a plan and um, started honing on one thing. And I picked, Le I just happened to pick Lego. Um, at the time, back then, you could get, you could find stuff just for days, for days, used, used product for days. Um, you know, sort it down, just constant flips on eBay, flip, flip, flip. Once I came up with a plan, it was kind of like I did that for about two years. And then I finally took the big leap and actually rented a little space and worked in there for two years on Saturday and Sundays. At first, it was just a storage place where I could do operate eBay, whatnot store everything and then actually we just i started advertising it open on the weekends you know back then you just throw some like craigslist ads you know marketplace didn't exist 
so it kind of evolved. Um, and then it was, then it was really like, I did that for about two years. I ended up quitting my second job. So I had my regular day job, did that for about two years, open on the weekends. Um, and then got to a point where I was comfortable enough telling my wife and everything, family, friends, look, I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> I think based on the last two years of just doing pretty much just Lego on the weekends in this little shop, selling some to the public, uh, I think I'm comfortable. I think I was doing like 20, 30,000, you know, gross, but um, on the weekends, you know, and I was probably making you know, 50, 60,000 a year at my, my day job. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I gave a six week notice to my job, um, found a, find a lease, a nice downtown location. And uh, that was a three year lease and just went for it, quit my job. Oh my God. I was, I was just like, knots in my stomach, you know, benefits. I was, I had stocks and, you know, I was just dying. Oh my God. What did I do? And they're, they were like, you can come back if you want. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? So anyway, grand opening day was just like a line down the street. And, um, you know, we killed it. We grand opening was like, I don't know what it was like $7,000 on our grand opening day. And I was like, that's it. Is, you know, we, well, that's it. We're going to do it. So anyway, sum it all up. I just organically grew it. So after that three year lease was coming up, I moved into a little bit down the street, a little bit bigger store square feet that actually, um, that was after three years. Uh, it was a th another three year lease. And at that point it was a bigger square foot, but it actually had like an office room and a couple of back storage rooms. That's about when I got into investing because mostly the store, a lot of you, mostly used stuff, some used sets, minifigures. Um, that's when I started realizing there's a whole world, you know, the Lego world, the community, the AFOL groups, the conventions, started going to the conventions, um, two or three a year by then we were going to a couple of small toy shows too. And, that is all organic. So that three-year lease came up, actually moved to a smaller place. So so those two, three-year leases, I was riding the wave hard. You know what I mean? I had press articles, front pages in the papers, and all kinds of stuff, you know, just riding that out. And, you know, I was kind of I was kind of thinking, don't forget why you started this to have more time with your family. You know, I was wanting to get rich, you know, make a ton of money. At that point, I actually opened a second store in Los Angeles. And uh, my brother-in-law lives down there. I made numerous trips down. We had a lease. We signed it. It was going. I pull, I ended up that about six, seven months into that for, for several other reasons. But I pulled that back, cut my losses, started getting into more investing. I moved to a smaller store at that point. When once I was at my peak, riding my peak out, those, those peak years were probably, you know, 360,000 a year gross, just going, just continuing going, going, going. And, and I thought, well, there, there might be a bubble, um, you know, 
something might happen. Plus, you know, I was trying to humble myself, pull myself back. Um, so anyway, I signed a one-year lease. That was on my, my three-year lease, three-year lease. Then I moved to another store. One-year lease was a little bit smaller and um, started getting into it, more investing at back storage rooms, started hitting shows real heavy and uh, started realizing through the show circuit, um, a lot of the shows we attended were great, but I was kind of thinking I want to do my own. So about that time, about seven years into it, I just took another big leap. You know, it was like initial, it was, I don't know, it was like $24,000 investment or something, rented a place, put the deposit down, permitting, working with the city, the fire, had it all dialed in. Then it's like, okay, now what, how do I get people? So yeah, started, started the, the first show we did was, you know, I just hope, you know, if a thousand people come, that's great. It'll be a break even do that for a few years, prove the concept. Even if it's a little bit of a loss, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll monetize it down the road. We just try to grow it, grow it. So then, you know, we started doing shows and I have more fun doing shows. Um, at that point, kind of getting start, a little burnt out on the store, you know, seven, eight years into it. Shows started taking off, you know, first year, I think was like, you know, 2,500 people showed up and we we're hoping for a thousand. So I was riding that wave for a bit. It was easier, quicker, quicker, you know, quicker cash. It was, it was fun. We got our whole family involved for the, you know, the show, family, friends. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, and there's so much in between. Um, at that point, I just kept renewing that one year lease that I kept, that I had, which put me to about 10 years. Well, two of the leases I had, you know, when you move in, you get three months free rent, four months free rent to build it out. So technically it was a, I did the store for about 10 years, five months, something like that. So anyway, about year nine, the shows were starting to take off. Investing was great. By then I was, you know, eBay screwed up. So I'm here. I am on multiple platforms, spreading out, pivoting. Um, and then I started thinking, you know, I got another year on the store and we started thinking about the kids are almost done with school. I think maybe I'm thinking about exiting the store and just doing other, the other things, you know, back to the basics, investing. And, and during this, you know, 10, 12 year period, you know, a lot changed, a lot changed in the whole Lego world. You kind of, you'd see it all. You see, you know, different bubbles, different things come to play. But I mean, through it all, though, the graph is always going up. Though. It's doing its thing. You, you ride out certain times. So I kind of, we got to a point, we said, well, let's, um, let's list our house. If it sells for this crazy number, then we'll buy something, maybe move to another county, whatnot. So we did all that. It, it all worked out. Um, you know, I made a killing on our house, moved closer to my wife's parents. And I wanted a place where I could just do online, um, invest more, just strictly investing to me. 
I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I always get back to, you know, old school. I don't know. I guess I'm an old school investor because now I started joining groups like yours and see all the other investors out there. Other, before that, it's just kind of me and a group of friends I know that also do it. Um, but now I see there's a lot of new investors and the investing is different. I'm not used to that. You know, I'm stubborn old investor. And to me, it's, you know, you buy a bunch of stuff. You save it for a long time and the whole flipping world, you know, I'm getting used to, I'm like, well, I guess I'm stubborn. Right? I'm like, I, I guess I was doing that because that's what my store is just flipping constantly flipping, flipping in a retail environment. And anyway, that kind of puts me to where I'm at now. I've been here about 15 months, actually ended up selling part of my store, not my, my, brand or whatever, but some of my assets and uh, included in that was some consulting for someone who was doing a, taking off with a whole online thing that put me to our, our property here. We, we purchased five acres with two homes and multiple buildings. And, um, the last six months before my lease ended, um, I was commuting the last six months. At least didn't, wasn't ending till actually March, 2020, right when the pandemic hit, that was my last month. Wow. So wow. I commuted. Yeah, no, it worked out so perfect. So perfect. March, 2020, it was up. And, um, you know, I, I liquidated just for days and um, ended up here. And I literally, when I built this building out right here, my shop, it was already here. I insulated, sheetrocked it, did some others that brought, brought all my shelving from my store and, tricked it all out as best I could. Um, and basically, yeah, that's, I, I literally had 70 sets 15 months ago, built it out. I had a little rack with some sets on it and said, okay, here we go. But I had a bunch of money. I bought, you know, we bought this property. I built a barn for my wife and daughter for their horses. I bought, I had tried to buy everything I needed. And I'll tell you one thing is, I'm in California, first of all, you know, a, a lot of money really isn't that doesn't really go that far. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, quick, I need to get back into the investing game quick. Basically like seven months went by and I hadn't really done anything. I was just relaxing after 10, 12, you know, years, whatever. And then finally I, you know, I found you got your page, a few others started just scrolling, spent a month just scrolling, getting back into the research. And then uh, I just try to, I always try to play smart. Even if I, you have a bunch of money, I'm not just going to go buy, you know, 3,000 sets, 4,000 sets. So I just slowly started getting back into it, basically where I'm at now. Long story short, sorry. <laughs> that's well, awesome, man. I mean, that that's that's one heck of a story. And uh that, that's one heck of a brief story. I, 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 I'm from what I've picked up uh, on some of your comments. There's other pieces too that are so just many, yeah. extraordinary. I, I, you know, some of the stuff you you've said. I'm like, man, like like it. it not not only and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Not only are you an extraordinarily successful person when it comes to selling Lego, but you are kind of the go-to when somebody in your 
whether it's region or maybe even the state or neighboring states. Pretty much, yeah. Whenever somebody needs some some plastic bricks, they they knock yeah. on your door, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean the the website. I, I I'll be honest. If anyone's checked it, I haven't touched it in fifteen months since I just I just said I was done kind of with everything, the social media. But well, plus the pandemic hit, and I've just been buying boxes, you know. But yeah, the website I have to update here soon because um, we have a show coming up too, and. A lot of lot of changes, but the website still brings me, you know, hits weekly, just donations. You know, I get I get donations. I get you know, hey, I'm over here, and you know, I drive three hours to go to make a house call. Maybe buy, maybe not. I I turn down nine out of ten, but because it, I try to <laughs> I try to buy now, you know. Cause I can buy how I want really. So you can right. turn down and you just buy the, the grandest of collections only, you know? And so basically, I mean, the, the assets, yes, they've, they've, they're, they're, they're going to linger for a long time. I just need to get back and keep them going. But I mean, it, yeah, it's been great. I've, I've picked up a few big collections just sitting around here and, it, it gets kind of frustrating because when you buy used stuff, you know, and you end up buying truck and trailer load here and there, it's like, still I have a property with buildings, but it's like, I'm trying to work in my shop and, and store sets. And, and then I dump this huge collection in here and I just sit and do nothing because it's overwhelming. Right. It's just too much. <laughs> and so that's, uh, then I started just saying, Hey, let me reach out. I know so many people. Then I just started flipping them. You know, which is a lot of that I've been picking up off your channel. Like I said, I've the flippers, you know, I'm like, right. let me just flip a few of these. My wife's like, no, you know, you could get 40 grand out of that. I'm just going to flip it for 20, you know, <laughs> just, you know what I mean? I don't want, I got too much to do and mm. actually so much to do yet. I mean, now I'm pretty much, I mean, I've set myself up the system I have now and with what I brought with me, I mean, a lot of used stuff, a brick, a brick link, you know, my brick link and my eBay, the used parts business, just that look daily shipping orders. Just, it pays for, for my, my life, my bills. Um, and it's a couple hours a day. You know, if you average it out, sometimes I'll, I'll grind 20 hour, 30 hours in a week, but, it still beats work working 50, 60 hours, <laughs> you know, with a boss and reports and oh, right. I hated that. But yeah. yeah, basically, I mean, that's where I'm at now. I've been, I've been flipping quite a few collections and just, I don't know, just riding it out. I, I just have so many questions. This is, it's, it's such yeah, a Yeah, I'll try story. to slow down and, here. Right. No, dude, please don't, <laughs> please don't. Caleb, so, so I guess the first thing for me is like, can you, to talk us a little bit more through what it was like to run the store, right? What was it like to be in there on a daily? Because I know that that's something that a lot of our, our viewers are super interested yeah. in, you know, and that's a pipe dream for a lot of people, right? To run a store that's yeah. focused on Lego. So what would a day in life look like? You know, were you, were you buying from the store as well? Were people bringing yeah, stuff yeah, in? Yeah, you know, I mean, you, and... you start off like, like kind of most people, you do the research and you find the other stores. And I, I know most other store owners, um, in the, in the whole U S and, um, we network the, and, but it, I mean, it's a, it's a grind and 
I always tell people it really depends on what type of person you are. Um, you know, I left a, you know, 50, 60 hour a week job. So I, I just told myself, look, I'm doing this. I'm not going to hire people. I mean, I, I never hired anyone. Wow. So you start, you do start out like, oh, you know, buy, sell, trade, that whole, you know, typical thing. You, I found out quick that, well, trading doesn't work. <laughs> it's just, let's just narrow it down here and be real, you know, buy, sell, but mm-hmm. trade. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's really unrealistic. You end up, you know, moms and kids come in and want to trade a little set. I mean, so anyway, it just, it, it, I was, I cut that right out. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's buy or sell. I mean, it's black or white, you, you know? And, um, so basically it's, it's same thing. Stuff, stuff comes in all the time. I mean, I would imagine it's different in every geography. I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Sonoma County where my store is from, which, which piggybacks Marin County, San Francisco, the wine country, you know, we have Lucas arts, Lucas film, the Pixar's Google, they're all right there in my backyard. So it's, it's pretty heavy area. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I basically, there's a grind for 10, over 10 years in that store. I, you know, I, I show up two hours before I open to list and ship, open up, you know, work eight in the store, you know, with a smile on your face, you know, buying, selling, flipping. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you end up, you know, you, you get, you get huge collections just walk in sometimes and they're like, Oh, we've known you forever. Um, our kids are grown, they're done. So, you know, here, you know, the off, you know, huge collection on you, you know, we love what you do for the community here, donate stuff. Uh, you start getting real picky and choosy. You starting to, you're starting to hone in. You can buy one out of 10 collections that, you know, you spend, Three hundred dollars on a collection that'll get you three, four thousand. Um, wow. Like, like the formula of most stores, you buy a used collection, you go through it just really quick, and you pull out, you know, two, three hundred figures. You know, you can stock those. You can, you can throw some on eBay, Bricklink. Um, you know, you spread them out real quick and use that whole formula. But I, I got a pretty heavy formula down after all those years of just with used, used product. Um, a, a lot of people would contact me with really big vintage collections. I wouldn't. I would call them vintage, not retired sets like we call them now. People would contact me. Hey, I'm in San Francisco. I've got a room full. I've been buying and kind of hoarding new sets for 20, 30 years. So I bought in lots of those that are just great. That's when I first get, got started on Amazon. I'd buy a collection, big collections for 10, 15, 20,000. Get a friend, rent a U-Haul, go pick it up, drive four hours, come back, unload, you know, 500 sets right there, boom, in the store that have stickers on price tags on them from, you know, that are like $1.99 from Sears classic space sets, you know, that whole thing. And that's when I started finding, you know, you look them up 
on Amazon and it's like, whoa, these kind of sets, you know, this little $2 set is, you know, 300 on Amazon. So I, I, you know, back then I just, it was, I don't know. It was, I just opened an account and just started selling. So now I guess it's different. I'm glad I get to keep my account open and, and still use it. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> I could go on and on about every question, I guess, but. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's great. I, like one thing that I was kind of wondering about is that process for the used part, because it does seem like it's something that would be time consuming. And if you're trying to deal with customers, yes. you said you didn't, you didn't hire anyone, right? So you're trying to do yes. the buying, the selling, you know, the running yeah. of the store and also sorting through bins and bins of stuff coming in. Well, like retail, retail's tough. I mean, retail, any, any brick and mortar retail is tough. I mean, yeah, yeah, three, four months in the summer, and it's pretty much every brick and mortar, you know, 90% of them, three, four months in the summer, you're crazy busy. Um, six weeks only is Chris, basically the Christmas season. So the six weeks, I wouldn't call it winter. You just call it Christmas season. Six weeks at Christmas, you're busy. Spring's dead. Um, I mean, a little bit after Christmas, January is usually pretty busy in retail because everyone gets money for Christmas, wants what they didn't get, gets gift certificates, gift cards, whatnot. But once February hits through April, um, it's after Christmas, but it's also tax time. So re it's dead. So I kind of you kind of adapt and I adapted my slow time. You know, the, the couple months in spring, we just sort like mad, list like crazy ride out all those reap the rewards through the summer, which it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the perfect storm. When you're in a retail store, you've listed everything in the spring. So when you hit summer, I mean, every marketplace you're on online is just selling. You're just shipping orders, shipping orders, but also your store is slammed every day. Uh, so it's, it's kind of that perfect storm where the summer you're just cranking. You're just basically, stuff and money and bins type of thing. <laughs> and then the summer usually usually hit two or three big shows in the summer too. Right. So I guess back to that to answer some of your question, over time basically we always had a farm and my wife kind of did a small farm business with my daughter and uh in the the horse type of stuff. So we also do taxes on a farm business and have for about 15 years. Of course, it's a loss every year and always has been. I mean, we've had to claim a few gains. Otherwise, you're considered a hobby. Um, so anyway, um, you know, they, they've always had had that thing. So anyway, we got to a point where I just said, quit it, quit it. Just do it for pleasure. So she would come in and cover me a few days here and there. And at the time, knew nothing. I mean, she knew about Lego a little bit, but, you know, not, not really about the store. But she would just come in and ring people up, you know. Mm -hmm. So she would cover me. I'd take off for the weekend, probably with, a lot of times with my son. We'd go do a two-, three-day show. Um, so anyway, you do a few of those in the summer as well. And, you know, th those are great. You can have three, four months straight in the summer where you're making fifty, seventy thousand 70000 a month. Boom, boom, boom. Then it, the fall kind of dips down again. Kids go back to school, retail, the economy kind of goes slows down. No more vacationing, you know, whatnot. Economy kind of trickles down, but then you get ready for Christmas. 
So in that time, you just list again, sort and list, sort and list. So it's kind of you get you, you evolve and kind of figure out a, a, a formula, a good formula. I, I figured that out. It took a while, but figured that out. All right. She's not there saying anything. I'm going to dive in with some questions. <laughs> so um, let me know what – give me some feedback on what I'm about to say. It, it seems like that there's – your business is multifaceted. Okay, you, you're very much so. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that that's an understatement. Multifaceted is, is is an understatement. You have Bricklink. You're, uh, and I don't know if if you're doing all of these pieces now, but you have in the past. Uh, so you're doing Bricklink. You're you're having a brick and mortar store. You are um, selling business to business. Is that correct? Yes, I actually have two toy stores I, I I wholesale to one's been closed well they're reopening uh, kind of as we speak but they were closed for about 10 months straight so I've been feeding one um, a bigger toy store actually these are these are friends of mine which I've accumulated these you know other business owners and throughout the years and um, so yeah I've mainly, feed them minifigures. I, I've, I brought several um, kiosk displays that I saved for my store and put one identical one in each of these stores. One's a large toy store, kind of like I'd say a, a smaller Toys R Us. Um, and one is your, every town has them, is your typical vintage and comic collectible store. So that one I feed more um you know a little bit more higher end niche minifigures whatnot versus the toy store i focus more on lower end lower dollar just a lot of quick turns um four to eight dollar figures pretty much in that store uh which i do it the average sell price in that store is about six dollars a figure i get a monthly check I sell about a thousand figures a month in that store. The other one was a little bit higher margin, less figures, but it averaged about the same, you know? So yeah, I have two stores anyway that I'm currently selling into, which I started that right when I closed my store, which is right when the pandemic hit. So I have plans and we're going to soon to start selling into those a little more broader range of stuff. Um, the toy store sells, they have a Lego area, of course, like most small Toys R Us stores. They sell kits. They have a, you know, account with Lego, which I know the owner of that store. So other perks can come along with some of those things. Um, I also have multiple, you know, the chain bricks and minifigs. I don't know if you've heard of them, but kind of like the store yeah. I had which I know the owners, they're up here in Oregon and Washington. They franchise their stores and they have, I don't know, 15, 20. So there's three or four of those here in the Bay Area where I'm from, um, Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley is basically where I'm from, north of there. But so there's three or four stores down in that area, which I started wholesaling lots of just bulk used Lego because I buy it like 
by the pallet. I can, you know, about 500 pounds on a pallet. So anyway, since I closed my store and I started more buying, trying to buy sets, more investing, I, I brought a bunch of bulk used Lego with me when I closed the store to keep my BrickLink uh, business going. Um, but then I've since bought quite a bit more and big collections that are used collections of mainly like sets and stuff. So anyway, long story short, I've been wholesaling. I know the owner of uh, Bricks and Minifigs franchise in the Bay Area. He actually owns two stores down there in the East Bay by Oakland, kind of by the Oakland area. Um, and I've been the last couple collections I got, um, the smaller ones. I mean, some I posted on your page that were pretty big, you know, twenty thousand dollar one. That was great. But five, ten thousand dollar collections I take down there, load into their back storeroom, and I say, look you know, 8,000. And, and of course, you know, the game, you go, he says, Oh no, three. And I say, well, you know, six. And, you know, we, we play the dance and then I already have a number in my head. I say, how about this? Is what I just did last time. I said, how about 5,000 in trade? It's better for you. Cause you, you, he buys at a, you know, he buys sets direct from Lego and the, depending on the theme, it's actually only 20 to 35% margin when you buy sets direct from Lego and like 70%, they, they, they choose the sets for you. So that can be city and city. And Chima and, so can we just pause? And, 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 and can we just pause and, and, and repeat what you just said? And, and the reason yeah, so why basically I... if you have a wholesale account, I had for a few years as well, the same type of account. So Star Wars, you're going to get 20% direct from Lego, believe it or not. That's it. Unless you have some strong co-op relationship, of course, like an Amazon or something. Your typical brick and mortar account with Lego is going to get like 20% off on Star Wars, which is crap. But you got to understand most small brick and mortar stores uh, retail um, 10 to 20% over MSRP. You know, a, a lot of bigger stores do it sometimes too. You know, even some websites, you know, Zavi, for example, they'll sell new sets at 20% off and then say, hey, I got a flash sale over here for 40% off a cheering or whatever. You know, they balance it out. Yeah. But anyways, Star Wars typically 20% off where you, you're going to get other themes at 25, 30, 35. They'll give you they pick will be heavier like 35 sometimes more with a, like promotional deal or something but that's pretty much it so anyway you wanted me to back up to that that's pretty much the gist of what most small mom and pop toy stores get 20 to 35 off that is just mind-blowing stuff I, I just had a feeling that you know with like i know that other distributors you're talking 20 to 35 but i thought that lego direct would be a little higher than that well, and the reason why I had Caleb, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit more is because occasionally there will be somebody that will say, hey, I, I just want to go ahead and open up a Lego account and it's going to be all pie in the sky and all that good stuff. And 
Listen, you, you know, I, I, I love where you're going, <laughs> but you're going towards a bunch of roadblocks. And and, and yeah. so, you know, there's there's people that I've talked to during Patreon calls. They're like, I just don't like retail arbitrage. I don't like going store to store. And I'm like, I get it. Like, like I don't like going and, and doing that stuff either. I mean, sometimes if you have a system, you, you can make a killing. Uh, in a weekend but you know online arbitrage you're, you're kind of if you're able to get the quantity you want at the discount that you almost want i mean it, it's kind of worth doing it online with uh online arbitrage yeah yeah and i, I also want to kind of point out something else he just said right there which is lego are choosing what to give to some of these retailers right they're basically setting the stock expectations for the retailers so you know, if you think about that, right, all the analysis that we do when we're investing goes out the window because now you can't pick the winners. You're stuck with paying for things that you know are maybe not the best investment. Maybe you can sell them in a brick and mortar at retail price and make the 20% back or whatever, but you're not probably going to hold it for long term. And obviously you can't nitpick or, or specifically pick the things that are about to retire. So you'll have stuff coming that are new and sitting on the shelf for longer. So for an investor, it sounds like, you know, some of those roadblocks are almost game changing as to why you'd even want to go that direction. Some of my initial orders, I was so excited when I got an account with Lego, um, had a store, you know, it's like, oh my God, I was so, uh, I, th I thought I was going to be getting, you know, amazing deals, but you know, if, it, if it's an, initial i mean they're they're gonna send you you know obviously a big list a big document and, um and they're gonna i forget the exact breakdown but it's it's more than 50 percent of the sets they're pushing or are they're slow movers or whatever or you know they're like if chima just came out they're gonna be pushing you know 25 percent of what you you got to pick from their chima list you just have to but I mean, at the time, Chima's out. I have a store. You don't really know. I mean, we know now that Chima's not wasn't that you know great. But <laughs> I mean, with yeah. Lego, you never know. You know, some you of the know, some yeah. of the worst themes done the greatest. And but anyway, that's yeah. There is there is kind of a. I, I called on the reps for a long time. They came and visited my store. For the longest time, they would come into my store, the local reps, and say, "Hey, we're, you know, we really want to get you an account. However, you're just you're an only Lego store." Uh, their policy at that time, prior to me getting an account, for a long time, um, with their arm was twisted by by companies like Toys R Us, which now doesn't exist, and they had they had to pivot and start selling to people like us. Um, but yeah, the reps would come by and they would tell me, look, if you had other toys on your shelf and I'm like, then we, we could open you an account because it's it's a competing, you're a toy store. You have, But if you're just like, we don't really know about you guys yet. This is kind of weird to us. Your stores are kind of popping up now and, and we don't cater to you. Um, but then within a few years, a lot of changes happened. They lost Toys R Us. They lost their brick and mortar in the U.S. Um, overnight, they were just devastated. They, they had to pivot quick. They started reaching out to all the little mom and pop stores, saying, "Want to?" Reps would start coming by everywhere. Um, and then, you know, I, I think I had an account for two, like two years. Funny thing is, when I had an account and I was buying wholesale for Lego, 
I was still buying on Amazon and stuff like UCS sets. Cause you can't, you, you literally don't get a discount from Lego on a UCS set. If you're a brick and mortar store, that's why you don't see those or haven't, should I say for a for the past many years or, or at the time I was doing it, even their exclusives, most of them you couldn't buy. That's why now I make comments on, on, on your site and I'm like, Hey, to me, it's like I see exclusives at Target. Well, back in when I had a store, those weren't even sold to stores. They were only shop at home. You know, then Amazon started leeching in, um, twisting their arm. But yeah, I mean, lo a lot's changed. Wow. Yeah, there's there's so much to it. And this question I just pulled up from Clint in the, in the chat as well kind of alludes to some of the things you're just talking about, about the requirements yeah. to, to sell Lego. So and I had heard that one before about distributors needing, and not just Lego Direct, but other distributors needing brick and mortars to um, to sell other toys. And mm -hmm. uh, were, there, were there any other restrictions that you can remember, Caleb, in terms of allowing as far you to as I know, As far as I know where we're at now, there's almost none. I mean, if you're a toy store, I should say, you know, not, I mean, you don't want to be a, you know, selling weird paraphernalia, whatnot. If you're a toy store, I think a lot has changed, really. I think they're reaching out and just taking any market share they can. I, I think at this point, to answer that question, I don't really think there is many requirements. I mean, to sell their product. They have requirements like, you know, a minimum order. Uh, they have initial purchase amount. I think it's each quarter. They, they, they have to meet their sales numbers. Their salesmen feed you information because you're on their route. You know, they're, you're their vendor. They're your rep. So they, every quarter they want you to make like a $10,000 purchase. And, um, and of course the, the rep goes to your store and, and says, Hey, you know, you need to, you know, bump up your team. They, they sell you on, on, on things, but as far as requirements, I mean, when, when I had my store initially, uh, there were a million of them and it was like an Amazon Lego was like an Amazon. I mean, you, you, you couldn't even get on un, ungated. Wasn't a thing. You had to be, you know, a big chain or they're pretty much, how was it? I think their visions changed. They've pivoted. Uh, for a long time, I know they were they were on the Toys R Us chain, riding that out. That was a gravy train for them. That collapsed. I know after that, they wanted more of their um, official Lego stores, which they were running with that. Um, I know as of a year and a half ago, they had huge plans to roll out more stores all over the U.S. COVID hit. I think they pivoted again, honestly. I know they're opening more, but I think they scaled that back again because COVID kind of made everyone pivot and and make money elsewhere, and they're, they're you know riding that pivot. Um, mm -hmm. As far as requirements, I mean, you're going to have to make an initial purchase. I don't know exactly what it is now. Twenty, thirty grand initial order, which for some of us it's it's really, it's not that much money, but I mean. Yeah. A lot of the good stuff you're you're just not going to get from them, you know, at a discount. Yeah, and one thing I was wondering about is like when you had your store, obviously your store was mostly re like you were a reseller, right? You were you were buying stuff um, initially from other people and selling them on, as opposed yeah. to being a traditional retailer, right? Buying from Correct. wholesalers. Yeah, yeah. My initial that didn't goal bother was, them. 
my initial formula kind of going into opening a store was that, you know, I want it, I want it to be a, uh, a channel. I wanted it to be a channel to get me stuff. That's how I could make more money. So if people brought stuff in big collections, whatnot that I could buy, I'm pushing it right out the back door on eBay. That's how initially was when it was back when it was pretty much just eBay. So most of the stuff would come in. I would keep 10% on, on, on in my store and move 90% out the back, you know, right out the back door on eBay. Um, and that formula were, you know, can, can work great. I, I actually know a lot of people that have these types of stores now that don't sell online. They think any brick and mortar store is the all end of it, the retail of it. The that formula in this day and age won't pay the bills, especially in your slow time. You have to sell online or have your own website. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, but did that reseller aspect of your business not bother Lego when it came to opening the account with okay, them? Okay, so uh, a lot of phases I've I've gone through of having that store. You know, at one point they wouldn't sell to me. A couple of years I had an account and they loved me and had reps coming by, wanted me to buy, buy, buy. Um, I ended up towards the end when I w I wasn't really buying as much from them anymore anyway because I was just. I wasn't happy with what I was getting from them. I was still buying, like I said, a lot on Amazon. You know, exactly like you and I and a lot of people in this group are today. Many, many years ago, I was buying, you know, the deals on Amazon, stacking points, cards, whatever. But consistently buying at 30% off. Um, so, so somewhere around that time is a lot of posts, people posting on, on your your on the Facebook group about, you know, getting banned <laughs> limits and all this stuff at that time. Oh man, I probably had, I wrote it out for a long time. I probably had four or five accounts on Lego because they were, they kept canceling orders. That's how it started with, you know, my bands would start with canceling orders. They, they, they had limits back then that I'd see chain lot. You know, like you see the iconic chess set, it's sometimes limit 99. A lot of times it was like that. You could buy a lot of sets, like whatever. Exclusives would be like the limits only. And But I, I bought with them. I had an account in my mom's name. Sets would go to her house. You know, my wife's name, multiple cards, whatnot. I mean, all of a sudden one day, I mean, my my account, uh, they wouldn't, my account like froze, my my wholesale account they you know you get terms with them you know you can get an extra two percent you know built 90 day term two percent net 90 whatever and i got a bill and then i i someone i couldn't get an order through to them my rep was said something was up a lot of orders were getting canceled on my shop at home accounts because i also was buying from shop at home as the brick hut for many years while i had a wholesale account I was buying UCS sets, exclusives, getting gifts, you know, yada, yada. Because I could put them on my shelf still. Just it would come in. You could put a set on your shelf, mark it up 20%, put a gift with purchase on there at 35 bucks, and you're, you're doing good. You're just constantly doing that. But anyway, all of a sudden one day, all my accounts, like they were all the orders got canceled. 
and I went into my main one, like my brick hut one that I had for years. And, uh, I just looked at my thing back then. I mean, my orders were like the order pages, you know, and it was just like, I think I had, you know, it was lots of probably 30 orders were like on one account open and they were just oh, canceled, 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 canceled. And I, and none of them were like li their limits. They were just all canceled. It started with phone calls. You just get reps. No one really knows anything. Um, I mean, just a, bi a big runaround. I remember finding out through my, actually through my sales rep who came by, he started, I still got no answers from Lego. I just, back then there were forums more than Facebook pages and, you know, I go on some forums and, you know, and I was like, oh shit, I got banned. All my accounts are locked up, whatever. Um, basically that's, that's, that's kind of how I realized I didn't know really at the time. I don't think I was calling it banned. I was just thinking at the time Lego doesn't cater to these types of businesses doing these types of things. They just closed my accounts. That's kind of what now, I mean, I, I see it all over and I, I, I guess it's called being banned because that went on every now and then I think maybe six months had passed, whatever I call in again, probably 30, 40 phone calls. I think I just gave up. The funny thing is I used to be able to still go in store as, as people talk on your page today, I could still go in store and buy sets. It's still no communication, just like they do today. There's still no communication. So I'd make trips to stores. At the time, we only had one in San Jose, which is the East Bay area. So it's still, you know, three hours away. So you don't do it that often. Um, since then, we now have a San Francisco store, Sacramento store. There's like four within a, you know, two mile, two hour radius. Um, but anyway, so many things change always, and you just got to find the loopholes and the pivots. And <laughs> well, it, it's it seems like you know over the decades, Lego has become very, you know, they don't know what they want because whenever, whenever Toys R Us, you know, before Toys R Us, you know, everybody was getting, you know, the the gate was locked; you couldn't get in. Pretty much, and, and, yeah. and then, oh, you, you know, hey, buddy, how's it going? Sure, you want to buy some Legos because the number yep. one distributor, Toys R Us, is is you know out of commission. And there were other that instances before that too. And yeah, and, you, you know, I could be I'm wrong. Sure there's and, some instances that came up that you know long predate us. Um, you know. Way back, I know when they made like Samsonite block kits, 60s, 70s. I've heard stories, and today I, I listen to, I, I interpret those stories that, oh my gosh, they were they were regionally pivoting. They lost distribution and funneled all this stuff into Canada at one point. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I, I think we've got more changes coming. It's constant. Oh yeah, there's going to be a ton of changes. I, I mean, who who knows what what they're going to put out? And then every eventually, the law of averages, they're going to say they're going to put something out, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And then who knows? Toys R Us may come back, and then they're going to slam the door again. And yep. it's it's just this back and forth. Yep. And and you know, I don't necessarily like buying 
Legos from Amazon. It has its benefits and all, you know, there's benefits buying it from other places too, but I'm like, you know, that's, that's reliable. I mean, it, yeah. it, buying Lego from Amazon is like Johnny cash. It's slow it's and steady. So consistent. Yeah. Yep. You get what you want. I mean, you can, you can almost just wait. I mean, sure. Some of it's a guessing game, but you know, like 20% of those kits you're after in quarter four, whatever they're, they're going to be 20% off. Well, a lot of them are all year, but the certain ones you're looking for, they're, you know, you'll 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 eventually find ninety percent of what you're looking for for at least twenty percent off. Right. I, I think I think I mean the game changed really when when Amazon, you know, came into play, and all of a sudden they just started. I mean, it seemed like overnight, all of a sudden they just started carrying everything and discounting everything, and everyone was like, "What the heck? Shop mm-hmm. at home." All of a sudden, the same sets just released, you know, out the gate. A lot of them were 20% off. How is that even possible? It just it changed the game for a lot of resellers. Um, it changed the BrickLink game immensely. I mean, it just it, BrickLink started exploding when, you know, the, the part out people. I mean, prior to that, BrickLink was, you know, a families selling just their collection of used parts I mean, it grew basically out of that. Just, you know, it was Lego lover group that, you know, a lot of them were just mock builders, went to conventions, were looking for used parts. Then it became, you know, supplying missing pieces. Then it became a full business. It just blew up overnight into people going, wow, I can buy this at 20% off. All these people in on this site right here just want the parts. That's it. Um I mean, it, it evolved from there to the, you know, more and more people selling sets on BrickLink. Investors were like, wait a minute. And I think a lot of that came into play when the, the kind of eBay collapse started happening, what, like six, seven years ago, when they just gutted their whole system and changed their algorithms. They went, I mean, straight to just money making. Um, it, it hurt a lot. of. Right then, I just, you know, I spread out quick right then. Let's let's talk real quick um, about buying sets. And when I say buying sets, you, you sourcing sets. So, you, you, you know, I've said this in the past. I'll see some people either on a forum or a Facebook group, and, and they're like, hey, I went and I, I picked up 100 Minecraft sets at all my Walmarts for like 9 bucks. Retail price is 20 right? So whenever I, there are times I'm like, all right, let me go on Craigslist. Let me see what's out there. <laughs> yes. and, and, and That's it, no it, time consuming. And, 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 you know, I used to sell cars, and when people would come in to trade in their car while we're appraising it, uh, it takes like 20 minutes. They would go out to the car lot and, and look at the car that, that that they're trying to trade in and expect top dollar and and so so how do you negotiate large buys well first i guess what what specifically do you look for and you know does the price ever you know make you want to not contact that seller or or are you like okay this person clearly has no idea what he's what what he's asking for i think i could get him lower yeah i mean what you just touched on i mean of course, negotiating, but that that depends, you know, what what type of, you know, buys. I mean, the, I have those kinds of buys. Um, I know before we got right when we were getting cut off, I was explaining that I can t- I take large use collections and I can take them to a, a bricks and minifigs or, or a, a store that has accounts with Lego. And I could trade my used product for new in box sets. 
can win if they if they happen to need more you know used bulk or used sets whatever um they're those stores are usually always buying so if you ever get any used stuff anyone um most people feel it's daunting too much work go get it buy it take it right to your local store most most regions have them um and trade it just trade it off um but anyway negotiating with those i i just recently i've come up with i tried to think in my head like a a whole new business plan, a whole structure, kind of a whole new formula on the new inbox, like investing in my sets type of thing where I've, you know, I've scaled it all down. I'll say, look, I'm going to take, you know, 50,000 a year for the first two years. And I'm just going to infuse that and sell nothing. Not a single set. I'm going to kind of live off of what I have, you know, use stuff, some old, few older sets. I'm going to infuse that in. I'm going to, I'm going to go for eight years straight. And then, you know, the, on year three, I'm going to sell 25% of year one. And then year four, I'm going to sell 25% of year two. Those 25% will get me the 50 grand to buy more sets. And so initially that's kind of, I'm on this path now of doing that. So that's kind of made me reevaluate if I just take $50,000 and what I'm going to spend it on. So I've gone, I don't know. I've gone way more broad, limited everything back, a lot more picky and choosy. Um, most things I'll buy like 10, you know, five, 10, 15 or 20, you know, based on size and, and obviously dollar amount. Of course, every now and then you got to pay attention to everything and, you know, pivot and grab 50 of those real quick. Cause you know, they're going to be hot or, um, yeah, as far as buying, I've kind of just like completely changed what I've done the last like 15, 20 years, which was mainly evolved from having a store. And it's just by anything you come across, that's 30 to 50% off. Um, and if you find anything that's 50, 60 plus percent off, just flip it right away. Cause at a store too, just flip it and move on. Um, but you know, the three, four years ago when I started changing that on the tail end of, of my store, I kind of started to realize that I was always caught in the flip and that if I didn't have more of a several year at least a couple year exit plan. By the time I exited, I was still just going to be flipping to survive. So I had to come up with some kind of formula or strategy to, you know, in, in my case was good because I can constantly flip used stuff for really high margins to kind of pay for my life and my, my living, like my full-time job. And I'm able to create, move some of that into just investing in sets. There's multiple parts I've going on right now. Um, and obviously the, the used stuff I can still go through and feed brick and mortar stores, mini figures to get more constant revenue to pay, pay bills. Um, but as far as, you know, buying, I mean, a lot of the stuff, I mean, is the same as you guys and everything else that uh, what I do now. I mean, I just, I, I, I just try to make smart picks. I actually don't use, I don't have any kind of camel, camel, camel. I mean, I don't have, 
I mean, there's a lot of it. Uh, that's all new to me. I mean, I just have like, a, I guess, experience and intuition. I'm having a store. I mean, I know I know what so many different types of customers come in that want and have always wanted. You know, I know that there's always those Minecraft moms, and you know, and there, there's always the the Star Wars you know customers. It's just super broad over here. There's always certain things I know I can just sell great online, different channels. Um, and then, of course, the experience, too, comes in from, from doing it for so many years. I mean, I could look at a set and just look at it and sum it right up. You know, I can go, oh, those figures are going to pay for it. And the parts are going to be worth, you know, double right away. So I'm going to grab a ton of those because, you know, if I don't make two, 300 percent return on the set, I'll just, you know, tear it up and part it out. And you do part us as well, Caleb? New of new well, pieces? I typically most of my BrickLink business I don't part out. I do have some part out inventory in there now, and I have parted out. Um, I will, I'm sure, part out a lot more in the future. Um, the 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 main part outs I've done, I mean, I don't know, four, five, six years ago, the 99 cent store had dimensions packs when those were being canceled by Lego. Um, uh, a lot of the waves of them were flops. They were just canning the whole line on, um, on the whole West coast here of just the United States, the 99 cent store corporate won the bid on however many units and they, they fed them all to, there West Coast stores. There was a few stores that were over in like Arizona, a few other states, but mainly on the West Coast. They showed up at the 99 cent stores and a lot of investors went nuts. Yeah. I got wind of it late. I had my store. I think I had three stores near me within like 50 miles. Um, I went and cleaned those out. I think I ended up with like 3,500 of them. Um course i'm such a stickler you know i i i didn't want to pay tax on 99 cents each <laughs> i mean no way i i i fought that all the way but i i got finally i you know i didn't pay tax on them i was happy about that and then a second wave hit the 99 cent store about eight months later they caught on and were selling them for a dollar 99 um but anyway, to go back to parting out, that was the first thing I ever parted out. Um, if you went on eBay, Amazon, anywhere you went, marketplace, even at flea markets, garage, anywhere, those dimensions were everywhere. Everyone was selling yeah. them for two, three dollars, two, three dollars a piece, two, yeah. three dollars a piece. I was like, no way, no way. I stuck them in my back room at the shop. I just every now and then I'd watch, I'd look on Bricklink. You know, they didn't touch Amazon for a couple of years, at least, because no one was flipping those on Amazon for three, four bucks. I mean, now they're selling them on Amazon for 25, 35 bucks. So there's some of them are surfacing, you know, in the last few years. But anyway, long story short, having my show in my store, I could do a whole nother video on the stuff I've done in the community, which actually organically got me to where I'm at not knowing at the time 
with the local like children's museums, the libraries, so many schools, whatnot. Um, so anyway, I end up giving away a couple hundred to the couple local schools because um, it's great marketing. I show up at their fundraiser and I set up a booth. Oh, the brick huts here giving away stuff. And then I started when I started doing my shows, I started really figuring out how to monetize these events um, after the first couple of years of doing them. Um, and, you know, you, you sell an early bird ticket. You know, there's a general admission ticket for 12 bucks. There's an early bird ticket. You can get in an hour early. Oh, and you get a, you know, you get a Lego set. But you could charge 25 bucks for these early bird tickets at a show that's 12 bucks to get in. And so I asked, I, I advertised, you know, the first 300 early birds in the door get a free Lego dimension set. <laughs> you know, so I get these things for 99 cents and here I am selling them basically on the back end of a $20 ticket. So anyway, it's, I mean, there's so many ways to use and market those things. So anyway, three, four years later, I, I probably gave away five, 600 of those things doing stuff like that and to some schools. Then at one point, back to the part out thing on the story, one point, I think we're three, four years past it. It was only about a year and a half ago. I, I, I picked like 10 SKUs out and started looking about on BrickLink. And sure enough, everyone's dried up on these things. After, after a few years of looking up, it would, you'd see so many sellers all over with thousands, thousands, thousands. You'd even look at the parts breakdown on them. The parts were so flooded on them because people parted them out. You'd find people all over Europe with them because they buy thousands from people in the U.S. at three bucks a piece. They'd part them out over there. So anyway, I parted those things out and the part out on those, um, I don't know, it's like an average on all the SKUs I have was probably like 32 bucks a SKU. And I think I parted out like 2,500 of them. Me and my wife, that took, my wife helped and I took us probably, I don't know, four or 500 hours. But you think about the return on that. You know, something, if you just break it down to a, just a reselling as a kit from nine, well, some of them were $1.99, but average of $1.50 a piece, 2000 you know, four, 4,500 bucks, you're turning into, you know, 50K or something. <laughs> so, I mean, I parted those out. I've parted out a few other sets. Um, in fact, I still have several bins because some of those dimension sets, when I part them out, I look at the minifigure values separate. I part out the kits on like a thousand of them. I keep the thousand minifigures aside. Um, and then I save those. I do that on certain minifigures that you can recognize have potential value either parting out later or as just an exclusive. Um, so I still have hundreds of these dimensions minifigures. I mean, I think I had the original dimensions Powerpuff Girl pack. And I think I had like 400 of those. I had parted out a long time ago, kept the figure. I put the figures on Bricklink recently. And one guy, that's how Bricklink is sometimes. One guy bought like 300 figures at like, I don't know what it was, seven bucks a piece or something from an original 99 cent 
set that you already parted out. And, uh, so I, I do, I, I actually have a bunch of the classic brick box sets now that I got on a wall, the Walmart clearance. I always, I always find those things for like 20 bucks either on the day after black Friday or the day after Christmas, one of those two days at the Walmart's usually those 1500 piece classic boxes. I think I've got eight or nine left. So those are great for part outs. I mean, even on the retail, it's like a 60, $70 set. Usually. I mean, when they're current, you look them up on Bricklink, it's a $140 part out value mm. when they're current even. But if you get them for 20 bucks and the part out's 140. Yeah, you know, like, well. Tommy, that's a golden nugget for everyone to take away. Check Walmart yes. the day after Thanksgiving Classic and Christmas. Boxes. Or a great one is, you know, you get 1199 Mando Battle Pack on the tail end of its of its life. And if you get a hundred of those, if you're a bricklinker, I know you guys, it's it's too much, takes a while to get going. But if you buy a hundred of those at eleven ninety-nine, take the figures out because it's close to the end of life. Save the figures. So you get a hundred of those, you got four hundred figures that in the near future are gonna be eight, ten, even if some of them are re-released, -re you know, in a few years they'll be eight, ten a piece for the figures. Just part out the set immediately. And it pays for probably six, seven dollars of that eleven ninety-nine set. So you get the set down. To, I mean, there's different ways to work it. That's but I like doing it. sets like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to pull up a couple of, of comments real quick. Uh, so okay. Andrew has asked a couple of questions, but we've already answered them. So I just wanted to highlight them real quick. We did touch on um, volume that Lego needs for wholesale accounts. Kaylee mentioned it was like 10,000 a quarter or something like that, that they would Yeah, yeah, it's not, not necessarily a volume, but yeah, they're going to require you to buy a certain amount. So even if you don't have a high volume, you might be underwater buying their requirements. Yeah, yeah. Andrew also asked uh, about the exclusives. You already confirmed that usually you can't buy exclusives, or at least you couldn't a couple of years ago. At a discount. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, when you got disconnected, we had a hoppy say Lego silenced you. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Thought, <laughs> what was it? Lego silenced Caleb when you got disconnected because you were talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, actually, video. I was like on on my phone, but I guess I wasn't live. But Big brick yeah. shut you down, Caleb. That's it. <laughs> um, all right. So here's a good one. Um, take into account all of your experience. What path would you take now if you're starting again from scratch? Well, would you do the I Rick and Mortar this, again, or would you? Yeah, I get this through? all the time. In fact, a guy from Arizona just emailed me. I probably get a couple of them a month. Um, wow. Emails, either people found me through my website or whatnot. Hey, I found you. I'm looking at opening a, a store. Um, I, I know I've said some of the things pertaining to, to different um, questions on, on your Facebook page, but I mean, don't. Don't overthink it. First and foremost, don't overthink it. Don't put a lot into it. Grow it organically and small. Um, don't think you have to start a business like you start, like, you know, a restaurant. You don't need to build out a commercial kitchen for $100,000 when you, you know, just, you know, a, a, a few shelves. Start with a few shelves and a 600 square five, you know, 600 square foot space. 
you know, and obviously if you're going to do that, you're, you're going to want just like a one year, you know, year to year lease or something like that. Grow it organically. Don't put a bunch of money into it. If you plan on it in the near future, we'll make it, make it attainable based on what you have now and what you can accumulate from now until you open it, you know, organically, you know, keep grow your, your inventory organically now and just roll it into opening up a shop, you know? And if you think of it, uh, you definitely have to have a formula where you already are familiar doing sales and stuff online. Um, try to figure out a formula for it where you, you still do online, you know, obviously like anybody and all of us investors and whatever you're doing, it's what do you plan on getting out of it? Some people are happy, you know, depends to where you live. Some people I know in the Midwest, I'm from originally from Minnesota and, you know, my family over those people over contractors are making, you know, 30,000 a year, but they're wealthy. You know, over here in California, if you're making 30,000 a year, um, you're on welfare. So it depends where you, you know, a house here is 800,000 to a million versus back there. It's 150,000 depends where you're at and what you plan on getting out of it. So, so I have a question when you, when you were doing brick and mortar, how much did you rely on foot traffic into your store? And the, the reason why I asked this question is because there's a brick and mortar store on my way to work. And I went in there, I was poking my head around trying to be low key. And I would say it's probably maybe 600 square feet, 700 square feet. And, Smart, it, it, and it looks like a humble setup. Like, but I, I'm, but I'm it's trying dead to, always, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, but, but I said to myself, I said, listen, I said, don't let that fool you. Because I said to yeah. myself, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you know, if, if you had the brick and mortar where you have bins of loose bricks, and let me tell you, there were like some old people, uh, old timers uh, with, with gloves uh, from like a, a local club. And, and they're like, we need yep. peace. 187 or something like that i'm like you guys rock on and and, and then the, there's two employees they're two kids uh they got to be under 20 they're, they're actually putting sets together and i'm like this is uh -huh. cool and i'm thinking to myself okay if they have the online piece which i'm sure they do you, you know they should be doing well and i i bought some bricks and i said hey do you guys have a brickling store and they said, well, we're actually starting a Bricklink store. We, we had a um, a little area for birthdays, but I guess nobody wanted to <laughs> to have like Lego birthdays or, or whatever. <laughs> and, 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 and they said, if you see that room, that's going to become our Bricklink store. And I look that's at that smart. room. That's What's right that? there. It's smart. Yeah. It yeah. And, and, what, whatever they were doing or whatever, but whatever he just told you, um, that room right there, that's a Bricklink. He's either pivoted or he's figured out that's what he needs to do because there is downtimes. Right. Um, and you mentioned foot traffic. I mean, it fluctuates daily. Of course, day, certain days of the week, like I said, you know, you know, monthly, also seasonally, quarterly. Um, obviously, you do, you do need foot traffic. Your, week, your weekends are your number one days. So you, you have to be open Saturday, Sunday. Gotcha. I mean, you can make yeah. – you know, you can make four or 5,000 on a weekend, you know what I mean? And you can make another, you know, three, 4,000 on the weekdays. Me, I, I've tried it all. And it's at some point I, I was open 
seven days a week, just money, money, money. Then I was like, I didn't want to hire anyone for a while. I was like, I wanted my weekends. I realized quick though. I was like, Whoa, no, I got to be open weekends. Um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you want to be closed. You know, the most holidays yeah. are on a Monday. You know, Sunday is the slower the weekend days because that's a sports day. You, you learn all these tricks, but yeah, I mean, you do right. need, tr- you do rely on foot traffic. It really depends what you, I mean, I, my whole formula, like I said, was if I had a, a Saturday, if I had a good Saturday for the whole week, that was okay. As long as I had four people in that week, bring me stuff that I bought. So I, I was okay with spending more money than making in that formula. Cause if I got four good collections came in and I spent 800 bucks on those four good collections and it's, you know, out the back door within a couple of weeks at, you know, six K then I'm actually making the more, you know what I mean though? Yeah. Yeah. So it, some people just want to get away from their day job, pay, yeah. pay their bill, have their own job, really no boss. I mean, you do get to a point though. I, that's how I started out, but you get to a point though, where you're like, you know, when you, when you realize the good times, you're like, you gotta be a hustler, whether it's in like you guys do every, you know, whatever game you're in, you gotta be a hustler. I mean, yeah. you can't start out hiring employees. That's not hustling, you know, do max yourself out first, anything you do. Um, you just, you gotta be a hustle. You gotta go out. You got a gorilla. Like you always say, go out and get it. You, you gotta hustle. Whatever you're doing, you gotta hustle. You can't stop. Yeah. You can't slow down. Um, obviously you, you can't buy time. We're in this for time. We're in this, you know, we're in this to make money for ourselves so we can have more time and have freedom. Um, but once you have those good times though, you see how those big months or big years, you get that taste, you get the fever. You just got to remember, get that to a certain point, but have, have, have a goal. What, so it's like your own exit strategy in life. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, I have a goal set to where like, man, I want to go, go, go do this in like 10 years from now. I just want to be set. Whatever that is for any individual, they have a different thing for being set. I just want to be set. Maybe I, not millions of dollars, but I want to have like no bills, no mortgages, no nothing. I want to have a good chunk of money for the rest of my days. That's set. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I want to get to. I mean, I don't want to like, just go, 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 go. And you're going to get caught up. I don't know. Everyone has their own vision of what they want to get out of it. So, yeah. And I, Caleb, I want to expand on Jim's question just a little bit around foot traffic and, and ask you this. Do you, so from your experience, do you know if a majority of your, of your customers that came into the store would travel to get to the store? Oh, In other yeah, words, yeah, were yeah, explicitly yeah. going there to find your store or were they people walking yes. by? I actually have so how important is positioning of your store basically. Is what yeah. I, I had a, I had a great following um, that I've gathered. Um, people would come from several hours. I mean, my store was over closer to the coast, which is uh, my store was about 40 minutes or uh, 45 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. 
So people would come down there. You have San Francisco, Sacramento, San Jose, Silicon Valley. You have all that, which that's landmarks you guys should know, right? So you got hundreds of millions of people down there. Um, so anyway, that's within that poll um, is probably, that's a two to three hour poll um, because it reaches all the way down, you know, East Bay, Sac but from San Francisco, uh, you know, you safe to say an hour from San Francisco, from anywhere in the city to get to me. Um, I'd get people from Sacramento, which is a, a good saying, about two hours, which is closer to where I live now. I'm north of Sacramento now. Um, good two, three hour poll. However, that required so much hustle to get that. You, you can't just... I mean, the worst thing you could do, some more business advice also related to foot traffic. The worst thing you could do, open up a store, put a sign out front, cross your arms, put in a local radio ad or a local kids magazine, which I started and learned from the beginning. I've learned all that. And just throw a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there in your local community and just expect your business is going to do great. Well, a lot of most businesses actually operate that way. And that's one of the reasons why I don't know the statistic exactly, whether it's 90% of first time businesses fail in their first couple of years because they, they throw a bunch of money and say, I'm going to open a business. They're in debt. Now they cross their arms and expect a bunch of people to just come through and life's great. No, you got to hustle. I mean, the biggest thing for me was uh, going to shows I drive three, four hours. Sometimes I'd drive down to Los Angeles and do shows, conventions. Down there, I'd go to Comic-Con, San Diego. Tons of them. Toy shows. There's actually, you know, multiple Lego conventions uh, around here. Um, shows are great because those get you that far pull and they get you the, the whole geek following um, of any toy, collectible, whatever it is. Uh, your your local community is only going to supply your moms and kids. That's all your local communities, which I got those mainly by going to schools, doing, you know, projects and fundraisers with hundreds of schools um, to get the, the kids, get the kids hype. They pull on mom's dress. Let's go, let's go, let's go, you know. Um, but the, yeah, the, the several hours, if you hustle, you can get people to come from several hours. Um, okay, cool. So there's another thing that I was wondering about as you are telling your story earlier, which is, you know, you, obviously, and Jim asked you, like, the diff all the different channels that you're selling on and that you have sold on over the years. Now that you're doing things more online, how has your preference of channel to sell on changed? Mm. Right? So you, you mentioned eBay was big, yeah. and, you know, a couple years ago. Are you pivoting more Amazon now? Or like what percentage? I think I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that out because I closed my store March 2020. So it's been a little over a year. Uh, I started to figure out my new, th I finally figured out what my new plan long term and then my short terms to get me there were going to be. In that time, I kind of went back to some accounts. I went back to Amazon. I started doing some other stuff, testing the waters, you know. I, I started throwing, you know, I threw out like 100 sets on, on, on Amazon and, and, and get a feel again. And, you know, some of them I was attached to those sets. And so when they sold and I was like, Ooh, yeah. You know, I remember what my net is on this now and, you know, but some of them were great. So 
I'm still kind of figuring, I'm in the middle, I think right now of figuring that out. I mean, I've, I've, I've at one point I have, which I still have three eBay stores and uh, I pivoted to that a long time ago because one store was, you know, called the Brick Hut Minifigs. One store was called the Brick Hut Sets and one store was called the Brick Hut Parts. And so that I had so many listings on those that narrowed down because they were kind of different markets of buyers. So they didn't have to sort through all these listings. And so I've actually kind of pulled those eBay accounts out. Um, and I've recently renamed a couple. I'm pivoting them around again right now. It's constant. I actually, you know, when I moved here a little over a year ago, like I said, I had about 70 sets. And somewhere around August or September, I found your site and joined. Right around that same time, um, I had money and I was going to start to invest in sets again. And I found someone contacted me from the East Bay and said, hey, we're moving to another state. Somehow we knew each other. We Maybe we did business before. He contacted me and said, hey, I've been doing, uh, I've been an Amazon Lego seller. I do FBA only, um, side job. I've uh, been doing it for probably 15 years. I'm, I'm, we sold our house. It closed. We're moving away. I've probably got, I think it was like 250 sealed sets. Um, we went back and forth. Of course, I asked him the, the right question. Said, hey, you have anything else? Do you have any used stuff? He ended up, he was asking like 35. Anyway, I ended up buying his 250 sealed sets. Long retired. Um, and I think they had, at the, the time I bought them, they had a $36,000 BrickLink value, which is low. But that's how I use BrickLink to negotiate buying when I'm buying sets. BrickLink's the number you use to negotiate buying sets because it's the low reasonable average. Um, if I'm if I'm negotiating a buy like that, um, of course, my out, I'm, I'm assuming my out's going to be on Amazon for those. That's how I'm going to make that margin, that, that negotiation. Because the Amazon on those sets was like 48, you know, immediately. I looked them all up, spreadsheets, everything he had. So anyway, I drove, took my truck and trailer, I don't know, three, four hours down to the East Bay. We happened to meet at a synagogue that he managed. Um, and the funny thing is the back room of the synagogue he managed was his FBA business. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think he was, he managed it with, you know, volunteering his time, but it was kind of his backdoor business. Anyway, he had him laid out in the whole hall. <laughs> I negotiate, I got the... I got it for twenty thousand. Was it gonna cash deal? But he, 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 I found out, and he ended up throwing in him and his kids used Lego, and it was something like, you know, six hundred pounds. It was something like forty big totes, um, which to him almost didn't have a value in there. But to me, you know, my brick, you know, I know the used value, and so I got that collection for twenty thousand. He was, you know, I always tell people when they first contact me, first thing I ask, my reply always is, are you a realist? <laughs> <laughs> when they're selling me stuff, are you a realist? And then we move forward. He's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I know you're a reseller. So anyway, around the time I joined your page, I only had 70 sets. I ended up buying 250 sealed sets. That kind of started it off. So immediately I had now had over 300 sets that were 2013, 
20, 14, 15, and a few like 16 and 7. They were mainly older sets, 2013 through 15 sets. All good stuff. Um, so it was, it was ready to sell. He's immediately ready to sell. So I thought, this is perfect. I'm going to start selling some of these and, and start investing for my long term. So basically, yeah, a little off track. I think a little answered the question, but. Have you been selling them now? Have you, fit, have you so, sold through them? So I've listed, I, I think I threw like 100 sets on Amazon. It always happens with me like that. You know, not using your camel, camel, camel research, all those sites. I, I use a few of them. I use Brickset. I use Bricklink a lot, referencing. I've always used there's a couple sets, but not so much. I mean, you know, I, I look at my spreadsheet, what I bought them for. And then I'm like, here's where I want to sell them at. That's kind of what I do. So I throw them, I'll throw them all in Bricklink. Bricklink, you could throw everything in, in your store and that's your personal buy box. And you could throw them in there at the moon, you know, the highest price you want. And just, that's what I want to sell them for. Uh, obviously you could do the same thing on Amazon, but there's way more competition in there for that. Um, so anyway, I, th I threw like a hundred sets on Amazon. And the thing is, I think within a week, you know, for me not selling in a while on Amazon, not so many new sets on any site. I think like, you know, I don't know, a dozen sets sold in a week. And I, I was kind of pissed because like I was saying before, that kind of gave me my taste. I mean, they, they're all, you know, 300, 500, $700 sets. A few of them are like $800,000 sets. You know, it sounds great. You could sell a dozen sets and, you know, you're like, that's 8K. That paid for almost half the whole lot I just bought. But then you look at your your net, you know, yeah. I'm like, it reminded me quick that what Amazon takes that immediately was like, shit. And, uh, I just went in there and just bumped the price on all those Amazon listings and even canceled a few. Um, yeah, so Amazon stuff. since then I kind of been balancing Amazon out, you know, I, I X'd a bunch. I'm like, no, oh. you know, I can get a thousand dollars for this set and, you know, it's cool to have because this set, this set, this set, if I just keep in my eBay store at a high price because they're thousand dollar sets, it's going to bring a lot of traffic to my eBay store. People are going to be making me offers. Oh, would you consider this or would you do that? Or it's just going to create buzz. It's going to create watchers. Um, so you, I use, use some of those sets for that. Um, and some of them I'll take, you know, I'll save and I'll say, Hey, these will do great at my booth at shows. They'll bring a lot of traffic to my booth at shows. Um, some of them though, are just, you got, you know, they're just ridiculous. And yeah. I found like three Ninjago X one chargers. I was ignoring them for a long time. I looked them up. They're not a single one on Amazon. In fact, it was some old, old listing sitting there. And, uh, I think they're going for like 150 bucks on Bricklink. And I'm like, let's just try it. So I threw all three of them on Amazon for 399. I think it was like, yeah, it was 400 bucks or something. 39999. And I was like, oh, I was <laughs> so worried. Like, Does this person know what they're getting? You know how that goes. You're like, this is just a little car. You know, it's a little $30 <laughs> car with like too many things. I'm like, come on. But it went through. Everything's fine. He was happy. Um, but that was the only person that's ever going to buy that thing. The two I have are still sitting on Amazon. I lowered the price to like 200. No, I mean, it's great. You just, you never know, but 
I like, I prefer now, and I'm going to go towards more of the, you know, obviously Amazon's great for, you know, when you buy 20 to 50 set range and they're all 10 to $20 sets when you're, they're small, when you're ready to sell them, you just throw them all in there at, you know, 40, 50 bucks a piece. It's great for that little easy shippers. I'm trying to veer away from, you know, a big 500 to the a thousand dollar set range on Amazon, even though it looks like you're getting that big tag, there's so much more risk involved with shipping and scammers and whatnot. I mean, Bricklink, you might get a hundred dollars less, but you're going to pay, you know, $80 less in fees. So it's really like only like a $25 difference in the end. It's so much worth that 25, $30, you know, loss versus, you know, it's just on a safe ride to a customer, like hundred yeah. percent. And returns would be lower. Amazon yeah, returns, returns are lower. And, you know, it's really all about that net. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to have a $300,000 gross annual. I just, you, you still end up sometimes getting put in a really high tax bracket uh, there's sweet spots if you know the you know that where you want to be at yeah. you know if you just want to be at this certain place if you can just pay yourself a hundred grand every year just like easy then man that's a good spot to be in right. just stay mm-hmm. there yeah <laughs> cruising <laughs> yeah. uh real quick we had a question in the facebook group um when i posted the link to this uh, so billy asked me to make sure that i asked you how has Lego reselling changed over the years uh, in your experience? And how do you think it will change in the future? You got any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, as a product, I mean, as a company, it's, I mean, I feel so safe with Lego. I mean, I've done a lot of other things. I know you both probably have. There's some things that are so safe. Well, Lego is probably going to be the safest one of them all as far as, the changes they make, we're so able to ride with them and pivot with them. Yeah. Just the fact that they're really like the only company that's, they control their own destiny. Nobody else is involved. I mean, you can't buy stock in them. They have, they, they just have absolute control over their supply chains, their materials. I mean, they have the, the foresight to integrate those changes in you know, way before with predictions. And um, I mean, it's changed a lot and it it's going to change a lot more. Um, yeah. I, I do hear a lot of people always saying, um, I mean, sure, it's a toy. I mean, the, the biggest thing is you just need to, you need to pay attention. <laughs> you need to be pay attention to what's going on, constantly research, not just the sets you're investing in, it's researching the company, the products, where they're going, materials, you know, that it's made from, um, the brand, I mean, the the backside of the brand, you know, the whole adult community and the show, just, you got to follow everything and pay close attention to, you know, the, the constant changes. You got to, I mean, I just heard uh, two weeks ago that the, the Tumblr, the UCS Tumblr, maybe re-released towards the end of this year then within within a week i started seeing images and everything well right. yeah i had two of those sitting there um 
I just threw them both on on Bricklink and I just dropped them to like 420. You know, I was they were just a few weeks ago they were probably five and you know I was ho- had high hopes for those going up even farther, but I just yeah. dump, just dump them, move on. I think the high hopes just got just I don't even care. It doesn't really matter. I'll still make a good chunk on them. Still mm-hmm. probably close to 200% on, on with BrickLink fees and PayPal. Um, but yes, yeah, just constant. You got to pay attention. That's your money. <laughs> um, and what's your whole time, Caleb? Are you aiming for like a two-year turnaround on a lot of stuff for your investing side of your business or, or um, longer whole time? I mean, I, I always say, and I, and I always tell myself, you know, I, that sweet spot has always been the three to four year spot for me. Um, more so now, I mean, the past years kind of not comparable because we had a weird bubble with the, this whole pandemic thing. I mean, globally. Um, so you got to kind of take some of that out of the equation. I mean, it created some changes. Um, but I mean, typically where I'm at now, I want to I want to buy you know, uh, I want to do a, a certain amount of money within a year period that I want to spend. I want to spend 50,000. I spent 50,000 last year on sets. I want to spend 50,000 this year again on sets. Um, and that's a, a separate path than what the other things I'm doing. It's a, just, I keep that as a completely separate path. This is a separate path. So it's 50,000. I spent 50,000. I'm going to spend this year. When I hit year three in 2022, when I hit about quarter four of year three, I want to sell, like I was explaining earlier, I want to sell 25% only of my year, the year one in year three. Mm, Yeah. And then when I get to, and that 25%, according to my formula, should be 50,000. So I want to take that 50,000 after fees. I want to take that 50,000. That's my year three. And then year four is going to fund 25% in year four of year two is going to be 50,000 to fund. So the initial two years, I just want to feed the, the, the fuel is just going to be 50,000 year one, 50,000 year two. And then year three, four, five, six, seven, eight is all funded just yeah. enough to fund 50,000 a year. So by year eight, I should have spent about 400,000 in eight years. It's the plan anyway, I mean, it's, it's working. I'm a year and a half in, I've done similar things, but it's a longer a longer term. So I'll, year eight, I should have spent, year eight, I start to exit that 100%. So stop mm-hmm. at year eight. Well, except you can never stop. You'll always be buying some. <laughs> stop that kind of path. The year eight through year 10, I'm going to be selling off. So hopefully 400000 spent should get you about a million bucks minus a big chunk of fees. But that's a two-year sell-off period. So really it's hoping to get, in the last two years, hoping to net about $400,000 a year. That's the plan. Crazy. Well, that definitely sounds like a good plan as far as I'm concerned. So you said something that that I've thought about recently is holding on to sets a little bit longer. 
And there, there's been some discussion on the Patreon group about um, flipping, you know, sets within a year, making a hundred percent, which I think is great. Uh, for myself, I'm thinking about holding sets a little bit longer. And the number one reason for that is because I had so many sets that sold last year that I feel like should have sold yes. this year. And I'm sure yes. you're in the same boat. So year, you know, year two and three, you always get a ton of regrets. Right, right. Because you sold them off, you're like, yeah. And all of a sudden you hit year three and you're like, crap, I could have made another 150K. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the U.S. Capitals, I, I sold all my U.S. Capitals. Yeah, didn't and, you have like a hundred and something of those? I had three, three fourteen, And if I would have waited, if I would have waited in, in, to sell them after July 6th, not even going to yep. say what happened on that date, I would have made $20,000 more. If, yep. if I would have just holded them onto them another, another month. Right? So my, my whole thing with that is you're absolutely right. That's why I say a percent. It's win. It's win win. You know, yeah. you, you, you can't buy it all and not not sell anything. You got to flip something, whether right. it's your full time job or another side job. You got to flip something to keep funding it. But if you took those three hundred, you know, and sold like seventy five of them, then you'd be like, yeah. And then just take the the rest, you know, two hundred and forty or whatever of them. And then in year three, you sell like a hundred of them. You make like an extra 25K. And then you still, and then you go, you're into like year four and you're like, you'll know by year three, by year three, you'll know if you just right. want to sell them all off at that point or just maybe another 150, keep a hundred. I mean, I'm lower quantities now. You know, if, if there's something I had 20 of, um, I was selling off some, um, it was a modular building. I think I had like eight of them or something. I mean, they, they were at the time that I bought them at like, they were 150 bucks. I bought them for, I don't know, 125. Um, so I was selling them off recently. Usually what I do anyway, is I always like to keep one, keep one for like a long time. So I have a stack of sets, actually like the 70 I originally saved were all that they're like, it's like a gold stack. You know, like one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. And a lot of them are getting now seven, eight, ten, you know. And then after seven, eight years, you've got this stack. And once again, you'll know if there's only going to be a couple in there that you're like, eh, should have sold those off. The majority of them are like at four, five, six hundred percent. Well, yeah, like my the architecture studios. I don't even want to talk about, yeah. and, 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 and you know the reason why I liquidated those. I mean, I made money; it was great. But the reason why I liquidated those so quick was that was the first time I mortgaged a house that before you know before the YouTube uh, one, uh, which was a couple of years later. So you know, I'm like I said to myself, okay, I know you know when I mortgaged the house the first time that was like thirty five thousand. And I'm like, I know I'm going to make more than 35000 that Q4, but since it was my first time, I was still a little bit oh, nervous, yeah. right? And, now, it, it, and I just looked the other day, and, and I think Architecture Studios are around $500 right now. Crazy. Yeah, and, you just, yeah it's even I, cool, like I said, if you just had a couple of those. Right. But well, in a pile of other sets that you always save one or two of. I, I, I have one of those, and it's only because... 
I don't know what happened when the, the set is brand new. There's, there's nothing wrong with it other than the seals are, are broke off. So I, I don't know what, what happened, but the instructions and, and all that stuff. But, you, you know, I, I made, I made this video um, a while back where I talked about how much money I made last year. And I said to myself, I said, well, I'm not going to be making a, a video on how much money I made in, in 2021, because I'm, I'm actually trying not to make a, a lot of money. I'm trying to hold on like, like right yep. now. And I I've shared this with the Patreon group that, That's you know, right, thing. right now I'm, I'm only in the debt management business. I'm only, you yep. know, making sure I have enough liquidity to pay off credit cards, to pay off, yep. you, you know, certain debts. That's exactly. Yep. That's the it, smartest choice. It, it, but I mean, let me hard, tell you, when twenty twenty two comes, is getting out of that that yeah. cycle. It's the hardest part. I mean, you got a full time job. Do you, I mean, this is great. I love it. I know I can do this. I know I can make a ton of money. But if I constantly do this, I'm not going to be able to get out of it. I'll, right. I'll make great extra money, great side income. But all I spent all last year pretty much doing that because it was the year after I closed my store. I was just buying, buying, buying. Um, and, you know, buying this property and vehicles, setting everything up. I basically, that was the goal. I mean, it, it literally cost me like 2000 a month to live. It's, it, that's, I mean, I don't know what that is elsewhere, but that's low here in California. I mean, with no mortgage, no car payments, no credit, no debts, no nothing. Um, I mean, that's huge. So I spent all last year saying, okay, I just need to make enough to pay for everything. I'm just going to start buying, buying, buying. I just want to stockpile assets at this point. Right. And I want to get past like two years. And then I could just start selling a portion of those assets to fund more assets, grow them. Right. Essentially. I mean, it's your, it's controlling your own 401k, essentially. It's your own stock market that you're controlling because you're pulling out just enough to self-fund it and grow it and grow it and grow it. You know, a little bit enough to survive on, pay bills, whatever, but you're growing it. So, I mean, I, I always try to tell people, I mean, I mean, theoretically, from from my point of view, in my experience, and, and I think it's it is human nature. I mean, you can you can make a ton of money and a lot of people make millions doing it. So don't get me wrong, but you know, if you invest a hundred thousand and then you sell it, you flip it in, in within a year and, you know, you make 25,000 and your theory is you just always reinvest it. It doesn't get reinvested. A portion of it gets reinvested. The money, it grows and then always gets, stays, it, it doesn't grow enough. Right. It stays at that point. Whereas if you can actually take enough out, don't liquidate at all, let it grow. And a lot of people say, why are you letting that sit there? You take it out, buy, reinvest. I'm like, if I had all that money and was always turning it into money, a huge portion of that money I'd be spending because humans, we spend money. So theoretically, my money wouldn't grow as that much. I mean, I, I, hmm. I don't know. It's just humans spend money. I'm with you, man. <laughs> so, But I think it's getting late where you're at, right? It's, it's still light out over here. And... <laughs> Yeah, we, we've been running quite it's some time. It's literally like dinner time now. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be respectful of your time as well. We've gone almost two hours, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to flash up one or two quick questions from the comments, and then we, yeah. can, we can close it out, if that's okay. 
Um, so we have one from Andre here. Uh, best five themes to invest. I mean, I don't think anyone, like everyone has a different answer to this, but yeah. any, any themes that come to mind as to ones that you're, you're a fan of? Well, I mean, currently from either experience or whatnot, I mean, some of them remain. I mean, I've, the best sets I've probably done on or invested in is probably modular buildings, but that's with a long, much longer hold. So the word investing in is kind of tough because I know a lot of people on here, I mean, like to, their investing idea is flipping. So I know a lot of modulars don't do well within the first year or two. I know we all just invested in one coming out of COVID and there's been a few flukes. Um, I mean, best sets I've invested in were probably modular build some, you know, modular buildings, but that's a longer hold. Um, Star Wars sets, I mean, but but also times are times are changing those decisions. I mean, mm -hmm. as we speak, I mean, you used to do a lot better, I think, on on Star Wars sets. Still, my number one buy is just the broadest range to you know of an item to sell. Um, your customer base is the broadest, but I mean, modular buildings, uh, of course, ideas sets, but that's starting to change dramatically. Right. Um, used to be very, very exclusive with one or two coming out of, you know, limited runs, but now it's just another exclusive. Um, I mean, I still buy those well. sets. Um, I mean, I, I'd probably have to answer it, though, just, I mean, moving forward and where we're at now, too, and, and versus best picks and investments in the past, probably Star Wars. I mean, yep. I felt last year I didn't, it was kind of lacking as far as not what was currently out. But I don't buy what's currently out. There wasn't enough good stuff for me to buy um, last year. Uh, a lot of those sets I'm buying now this year because they're closer to retirement. Um, but, you know, when sets come out, of course, I watch them and research and follow and, you know, whatnot. But, of course, last year's sets I wasn't buying. So last year I didn't really find a whole lot of interest in Star Wars to buy in. I started slow stacking some sets. Um, but yeah, probably those teams. I mean, Star Wars is probably number one. Yep, that's great. Um, we have another one here. Um, what is your current ratio in dollar value? You obviously don't need to give dollar value, but uh, ratio in terms of new versus used now in your current model. Are you much heavier new or? Yeah, current model much heavier new. I mean, I'm going in. I'm going into this. You know, invest more investing in new set model about a year and a half in um, right now I'm like probably 10% used sets um, used product though has probably 10 times the margin as, as a new product. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it being lower dollar amount, but yeah, I mean, it's it, used sets right now, probably 10%. Um, okay. But anytime I get used product though, I flip it. I'm one way or another, whether it's used sets, parts go on BrickLink, some parts on eBay, used sets. Most 90% of my used sets will go on eBay. Just yeah. the easiest, quickest sell, used sets on eBay. Yeah. And then we kind of alluded to some of this stuff before when we were talking about your your store but or your, uh, your brick and mortar. But if you were to start a brick and mortar again, would you do new sets? And try to go the distributor route, or would I would go. I would go mostly new sets. 
Um, okay. I mean, it, it fills a huge niche in the community. Um, based on that, I see uh, I see a lot of the brick and mortar stores now going mainly used sets. Problem with that having a brick and mortar store is that at some point, if you if your ratio of used stuff gets too high, you're gonna have to hire people to do it. So that's gonna eat up your balance. That's the biggest mm. thing I see. I mean, if you can keep your 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 used stuff lower um, in your brick and mortar store, then you can handle your labor by yourself. You can you can you can handle the forty hours a week. Should be yeah. able to. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, awesome. I don't see any other questions. Uh, do you have a favorite set or theme? You already answered that. That's Star Wars. And um, yeah, I think that's that's it for the the, the comments. Um, Jim, do you have Star any Wars questions? shirt? I got to show the original. See, oh hell yeah, got to have the Star Wars. <laughs> um, Jim, any last questions? I mean, I still got like fifty questions. But I know, like, but but you know, I think I think we're we're at a good stopping point. I mean, yeah. I. I, I could be wrong. I, I think you might be a, a 5013C, and and that's that's just a whole new rabbit yes. hole to go down to. Uh, so I'm not even going to ask that question right now. <laughs> yes, I mean, to, I could briefly answer a really good friend of mine, and you can look him up. He's a 501C3. Uh, we support each other and help each other out um, because we can. As a business, it's better to have a 501C3 as your buddy right? Um, in a lot of ways because you, it, it, it's more flexible, um, but he's got a company, it's called Playwell Africa. Playwell, you know, is because you can't use the word Lego, but it's a, it's a Lego nonprofit. Um, they, they primarily take used product to Uganda. Um, they do some other stuff around, um, but anyway, they have a website where you can donate your used Lego. And so they get, um, They've got a couple of drop sites with addresses on their website for the U.S. Uh, he's down in uh, Southern California. Um, we also have a drop spot. We all we we also have a drop spot in Australia, which we're currently looking for someone over there to help us. So Ireland, right? <laughs> Where are you at, Shane? Yeah, I'm actually I'm based on the East Coast US, New Jersey, but I have family in Ireland. Oh, so, you're here. You know, okay, you're here now, right? I'm here now, but I'm, I'm yeah, originally from so Ireland. We're for, US, yeah. yeah, we're looking for other drop spots. We have a friend that started one a few years ago for us. So we put the address on the website and stuff gets sent there. Um, and then it gets divvied up because obviously, as a nonprofit, a large portion of what they get has to be turned into some kind of revenue. Because everything costs money, and even a nonprofit operating, they take three or four trips to Africa with like a bunch of people every year, and some of these trips are ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar trips. Um, so it, it actually all has to work. You have to be able to work with some businesses to work with different donations and help how to liquidate. Uh, that's how. Unfortunately, that's the large. I mean, the Red Cross. They liquidate ninety percent. They have to turn into money. Every nonprofit has to do it. Yeah. Someone just commented. I live in Australia, so we—it's a remote area in Australia. Well, remote. 
I mean, on the other side of most of the populated uh, areas, it's in Margaret River um, in Australia. So look, look that up and message me um, if there's someone in Australia there, because we, we have a drop site. It's, it's a friend's business in the back of his warehouse that stuff piles up and we can't, it's hard to, difficult to get off that continent. That's the problem. Um, so if yeah. we can turn the Australia product into funds to fund the other product projects, then anyway, yeah. there's, yeah, yeah there's not we, stuff in the mix. Yeah. We, we have other people in the group as well. A few people are commenting here, but others in the group as well from Australia. So, um, anyone who's watching this later, reach out yeah. to Caleb. But thank you awesome. guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Caleb, do you want to quickly give a quick shout out on your convention or your website or anything where people yeah, can find I mean, more information about I you? I think you guys know the Brick Hut. I mean, check me out, look it up. I mean, I, I'm more so now. I mean, I, yeah, I try to promote my, my show, my convention. Um, and I know a lot of people on your page, are a lot of them are from Southern California, actually. Um, there are. And we talked about it. And a lot of people come up from there. I have a, several vendors that come up as well. So it's a Sacramento area, um, Roseville Convention Center. It's called Brick Palooza. Tickets are live on Eventbrite now. You go check it out. We have a Facebook page. There's a website. Um, check it out. Thanks. That's awesome. I'd love to make it over there sometime. All right, Caleb, this has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah Caleb, cool. th this, was, this was awesome. I'm here. I mean, I do this full time. So anytime you want to do another one, let me know. Yeah, I think we do need a part two sometime. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we, we, we just don't need to do this. You were talking about your farm. I was like, you need to build an inn and host Lego <laughs> restellers and, and have that as another oh. bit business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know you guys are far away, but I mean, we come hang out on the farm. If everyone wants, we could schedule a, a you know, a time come on out i mean everyone could stay on the property plenty of room i got i'm building a western town on my property accommodations we got lakes rivers bay area that's amazing break books vip retreat okay that, that's right yeah <laughs> okay all right this has been so great i really enjoyed this caleb thanks for running so long and um thanks for being so open and honest about your business it's been amazing to hear about um everyone who's watching make sure you subscribe uh for to to see notifications about our next via or our next uh live chat which will be two weeks from now um so that's it you can close out